Welcome back to episode 94 of the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, bringing you today an epic podcast, including The Marvelous Ladies from Marvel's Captain America Civil War in theaters today. We chat to Emily Van Camp, returning as Sharon Carter, Elizabeth Olsen as she comes into her powers of Scarlet Witch, Judiana Makovsky, the costume designer, and Heidi Moneymaker, the stunt double for Scarlett Johansson. It was an honor chatting to these marvelous ladies. So with no further ado, here's our first interview with Emily Van Camp. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, and I am bringing you today an amazing fellow Marvel woman. Everyone say hi to Miss Emily Van Camp. Hi. <laughs> so you're in the throes of the Civil War press junket. I'm sure it is insane. It's crazy, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It's been. It's actually been pretty. It's been pretty mellow. It's just kind of, you know, room to room interviews. It's good. Well, I was actually able to see the film um, earlier, previously to this, and okay. it's amazing. And I will say, one of the things that I sort of left as I walked out of the film was the pivotal role that can, you know that Sharon plays uh, within the movie. How important she is, not only to the storyline as you continue, but also to Steve. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's who she is to him within the comic books, and it's really nice that we sort of infused that into the film. You know, she she sort of, she, she has his back, you know, um, and there's sort of, there's a sort of undeniable connection between them, I think, even in The Winter Soldier when he doesn't even know she's Sharon Carter, but I think that him knowing who she is sort of allows them to kind of take things a little bit further and also... She, you know, gets to really display her loyalty to him, um, which is which is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think she's definitely stuck between a rock and a hard place in the sense that, you know, she she has obligations as well, and she's, you know, trying not to lose her job, and she's worked very hard to get to where she is, so the stakes are high. But it, you ultimately see, um, you know, that she she sort of follows her heart over her head, which I think is is indicative of, you know. Um, you know, how loyal she is to Cap and how sort of, and you know, that the, the deep connection that they share. Yeah. I mean, I, as the, as a comic book fan, seeing Sharon come to life is, is kind of amazing, you know, and seeing the way that her and Cap sort of just easily come together. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's just moments in the, the movie where you're like, Oh, what is Steve going to do now? And then, Oh, there's Sharon, you know, saving the day. Yeah. And I mean, she's doing it in a, in a very sort of, um, undercover way, I suppose, because she has to, but the, the, the fact is she's doing it, and, you know, she's trying to help in any way that she can, um, which is which is great, and um, I think, uh, you know, she's just trying to facilitate his cause. So, taking a slight step back, uh, when you first got this role, did you quite understand 
um, how important Sharon Carter would be in the overall storyline for Gap? I mean, I've I, I done, uh, you know, quite a bit of research to kind of to kind of get a sense of who she is and was in, in the comic books. But, you know, you never know with these films. I mean, they, they sort of, they they do what they need to do to service the story as they should. So uh, whether or not you're going to be a part of it is always, you know, up in the air. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I think it's it's amazing. I've, I've just loved being a part of the universe, and everyone is, is so much fun to work with that it's kind of, it's the kind of thing that you're like, yeah, I, I want to do this forever. This is so much fun. <laughs> and this movie, you actually get to bring some of your stunt act out and actually, mm-hmm. like, do some cool fight scenes, which are amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I love all that stuff. So, I mean, you, you know, throw me in there any day to do, like, a fun fight sequence. Um, I just, you know, I did a lot of it on Revenge as well. And, um, and it's a blast. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got to, you want to be able to keep up in these movies because everyone's kicking ass and doing it well. So, yeah. um, so you got to be in shape and, and be sort of ready to do whatever, but I, I enjoyed it very much. So, you know, uh, I've talked to uh, stunt doubles before who worked both on TV and movie, and what I sort of overall get from people on movies is that it takes much more time to film a, a stunt scene. I mean, how different was it coming from Revenge where, you know, you were filming on maybe a seven, eight-day schedule to this giant movie? Well, you know what? Actually, the day that I did that sequence, they were in a they were in like a huge rush. The day was, you know, ending, and we had to get it in. So it actually kind of helps that we had to be pretty speedy with those things on Revenge and you know in television in general because, you know, we knocked it out in no time. It was crazy. Um, you know, from learning it to executing it, it was you know we just had like a couple hours I think. So. Um, so we did kind of rush through that one, but it, it ended up looking great. So, um, you know, I guess it's, it's the, the TV training was a good thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also in that scene, you're, you're fighting with Scarlet, which is, you know, when, when, for those who haven't seen the film yet, um, it's sort of an interesting scene because, like, the boys are sort of fighting, but you guys are also fighting and kicking butt. And, and that's always so great, especially in the Marvel Universe, to see these women get up and be so powerful. Yeah, it's awesome, and it was really fun to do that with Scarlett. Um, you know, she's she's phenomenal at all of that stuff, and uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a great image. It's a great image to see them there together. And um, poor Bucky, though, man, he's like getting it from all angles. <laughs> <laughs> I think He'll it'll survive. be okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> the, I keep on bringing back to this point of being of Sharon being so important to the Marvel universe, and and also like how strong a woman she is. We we try to sort of highlight that on our podcast talking about strong women and uh-huh. how important it is to young women coming up working in the industry and I just want to thank you because seeing the roles that you do and all that type of stuff you bring you know female roles to the spotlight and that's always amazing oh that's amazing thank you for saying that I mean I love it's, it's I love doing it it's it's you know that's why I do what I do um but to be able to sort of you know hopefully impact young girls and women to to sort of, you know, just to, to empower them um, to be a part of that is, is an amazing thing. You know, I, I have so many wonderful women in my life and, you know, three sisters. And, you know, that, that's what you want to see. You want, you, want, you want the women that you love to be empowered. So you want all the girls in the world to be empowered. And this is like a really great platform to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I was talking about also today that, 
it's also not, you know, you know, these are characters and, and, you know, we have to be in like crazy shape to do this stuff. And it's not an indication physically of like what every woman should look like at all. It's quite unrealistic, actually, if you think about it. But in terms of like, you know, living a healthy lifestyle and feeling confident and good about yourself, that's, that's sort of the message. And hopefully that's sort of what, what they're getting from, from all this, you know. Well, yeah, and, and especially Sharon is, is not a is not a character with powers. She is exactly. just a woman she's of her a own real line. Woman. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's going through her own struggles and, you know, but she's kicking ass while she's doing it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that makes it great. So sort of like one final question. Do you have any advice for young women out there who, I know originally I think I read that you wanted to be a dancer and somehow mm. you became an actress, but do you have any advice, not just particularly within the film and indi- the film industry, but like in general? Hmm, I have the best advice for women, man. Um, I mean, love yourself first is one of the best things I was ever told um, as a youngster, you know, which... I probably didn't really understand at the time, but it's so important before any relationship or it, just anything to love yourself first. And uh, that's probably like, that was probably one of the big ones. Um, general advice, one of the best things my dad ever said was you only regret the things you don't do, um, which always stuck with me and really pushed me to, you know, to, you know, fight my fears and, and constantly, you know, continue to move forward and challenge myself and um and i and that, so that was a good one that's great advice yeah it's, it's a tough question because there's meant so many things you could say yeah. just trying to think of things that you know people have told me that really stuck with me well yeah no that's actually really good advice sometimes i say that to people and it stumps them and i'm like should i ask it again but i i think that sometimes the answers that I get from that question are... But I think for women, I think it's really, really important because, you know, especially during those times, like, when you're a girl and you're sort of becoming a woman and you you sort of, there's all these pressures around you and, you know, with boys and all of that. And and it's it's very scary. Like, you know, I think about if I had a daughter, you know, what do you, what do you, what is the thing that you would want to say? Because... You know, it's just, it's a scary world out there when you're, when you're making all the changes and you're usually like not as confident as, as, as you want to be because you're discovering yourself. So like, it's so important to love yourself. It's so important to like make that the priority before trying to love anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. Here, here. Well, thank you so cool. much for joining us. This was amazing. Thank you. Good luck on the rest of your press junket insanity. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a great day. You too. Next up is Elizabeth Olsen, the Scarlet Witch. Welcome to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, and we'd like to welcome the Scarlet Witch herself, Elizabeth Olsen. Hello. <laughs> so today is one of many crazy press junket days for you. I'm sure it's insane. Well, it's the beginning. So Just it's the not beginning. Too, it's not too insane yet. <laughs> Starting it off. So at the end of Age of Ultron, we, we last saw Wanda, and she's dealing with this loss of her brother and the insanity of the of the entire story. Um, but we pick her up, and she's part of the Avengers in, in Civil War. Where, yeah. Does do you think that she feels like she's part of the family of the Avengers, or she's unsure of herself? 
I think it, when we pick her up at the beginning of the film, um, she's like found a new trajectory um, in her life, and she's a part of this team and this family that she and a community that she hasn't had in a long time. Um, and then I think when she starts to question herself, it's when certain things backfire quickly, um, and it she makes her have a huge conflict of um, with her own abilities and when to use them and how to use them and if she should at all. Yeah, you've mentioned before that, you know, you think that Wanda's terrified of her own powers. Yeah. I think that's what's so cool, because every, every superhero and every hero's journey, there's some sort of weakness or Achilles heel, and her weakness is um, she basically limits her, um, her the, how, how powerful she is. She's the only person who can limit that. No one can do that to her. Yeah, I think one of the amazing things about Marvel Universe is that all the characters have faults. You know, they're not perfect. They're not in control of their powers at all times. And Wanda is such a great example of that because, you know, she 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 knows that her powers are immense and, and terrifying and and yet she wants to use them but also at the same time she seems to be she seems to be so confused and conflicted about being able to use them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and obviously, in, in this film, uh, we see her finally in, I'm going to use quotations here, for a superhero costume. Uh, what yeah. was it? <laughs> <You've> <laughs> That's just, a new experience. <laughs> yeah. You've been sort of hanging out in some jackets and some pants. Yeah. <laughs> and now you get a brand new costume. I do. It's so funny because since it is the first time um, she's in it, and when she first, I mean, I haven't seen the film, so the way it was written, though, is we were all in normal clothes, and then we ended up in a parking garage, and then all of a sudden we're in superhero clothes. Is that still, is that still how it transposes? I, I, I think so, yeah. I mean, the, the real time you really first see her in the um, in this beautiful red corset and, lot, right? and jacket. Yeah, but you also see her fight when she's when the yeah, two teens absolutely. come against her. Yeah. But my whole idea is like, well, where are they changing? Did they bring it with them? <laughs> so I have to, you know, then you're just like, Lizzie, stop being so practical. Um, but that, that definitely made me laugh. Um, it's really cool to have that, that costume and you know, it functions well enough to do everything I need to do, and they were very, uh, very clear on being able to. Because some of these costumes, you can't really lift your arm above your head, and so you just have to try and figure out something that looks cool and iconic, and an image that they'll want to continue to use, um, and excited make people who are fans excited. Um, but then also, you have to be able to run in it and do all of my hand gestures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just reading about, sort of, you're talking about how you you, uh, you worked with a dancer, like a choreographer, to do the hand yeah. gestures. Yeah, Jenny White. She's an incredibly talented um, postmodern uh, dancer and choreographer. See, now that when I go to see the movie again, I'm going to think about that more of dancing, because sometimes when I see you do the arms, I'm like, is she just making that up? Like, it's all such specific choreography. <laughs> it has to be because you have to do it with so many different cameras and different angles. So you have to match. It's like doing anything else. Um, you know, you you have to be able to match the last take. So it's all like very specifically choreographed to what we were told um, is happening. And Jenny and I 
try and figure out like, okay, well, how would we, because we always think of it as like a center of gravity and energy and we totally geek out about it. And we rent out studios around Atlanta just to fool around or we'll do it in the trailer. And we just, we actually have such a fun, geeky experience totally making up how this comic book character moves because no one's done it before. It's something that's completely from Joss Whedon and then transposed onto me and Jenny. And now we just carry the torch. Well, it looks amazing. Uh, as a cosplayer okay. myself, uh, I quite assure you, and as someone who takes photos of cosplayers, sometimes when a, like, a Scarlet Witch cosplayers, they kind of just put their hands up near their face type of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, we need to, like, there needs to be something else this character can do. Right. <laughs> well, she's flying. <laughs> yeah. That's new. Yeah, I mean, and the the costume, it looks amazing. The powers that you're, the you know, ability to sort of... Uh, work with uh basically to catch like pieces of giant cement as it comes down upon you i mean yeah. it's really amazing yeah it's that that, that kind of stuff is fun because you're also trying to figure out what pole shapes you can do and you start thinking oh maybe we could do a back bend here and then you start then you get this coat that has an amazing wingspan you think oh well maybe we should do more things that have to do with changing directions you can see the coat look cool you know just things like that you're just always you're trying to make it look as dynamic as possible and, like, it's actually effortful, you know, that as well. Yeah. I actually just talked to uh, Judiana Makovsky, who is the costume designer for Civil War. Oh, yeah. And, you know, great. yeah, it, I, it was so lovely to talk to her and sort of talk about designing c characters. And we specifically talked about sort of Wanda, because in the beginning, she's not necessarily a superhero yet. You know, you sort of see her a little bit more casual. And then... And then by the end of the movie, she's become a superhero of her own in, in her own right. And the costume yeah. is so essential to those steps. Well, I think she is. Um, I think she that's already like her hero suit is something that's already hanging somewhere um, at the compound. But when the movie starts, that's already happened. But, you know, the first time you see her in action, they're undercover. So she would be in it. Um Neither is um, Black Widow. Um, but, yeah, it's it's also, you know, that her whole style is is representative or an Ultron of a much more Eastern European-inspired, but also like Japanese-inspired, because I think that was something that really inspired Joss, um, kind of sense of style and taste. And, and now we're trying to say, okay, well, she's been living in New York for a year. She's been living in the States for a year. Um, you know, she's assimilated a little bit. So, we're you know, you're always trying to figure out how she's evolving in every level, costumes, even her accent is a little softer, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the fans at home who are listening to this get a chance to go see the film and sort of re-evaluate Wanda's costume throughout the movie. Uh, yeah. So taking a slight step back, so I read that you're a fan of nerd movies. Of what movies? Of nerd movies. You like Lord of the Rings. You keep on oh, talking yeah. about Iron Man. But what was it like yeah. becoming part of, being invited to be part of the Marvel Universe? Um, it's, it was it was very confusing at first because I was like, why me? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finding out that it was a real tangible offer, um, it was I just remember there's a bed and I was in West Virginia and I was in a motel and I was just jumping and I was so excited because 
And then, and then you're like excited, and then you're like, oh my god, I have to work with all these actors. You're gonna be so intimidated. <laughs> but, um, but luckily, Ultron, Aaron, and I were kind of the fish out of water, and we were allowed to be, and uh, you know, on set and within the film and the characters. So now that I feel more confident with everyone and closer to everyone as friends, it's it's so fun to now go to set and now be part of the team. Yeah, we, we definitely see Wanda's being relationship being built a little bit with sort of like Hawkeye as this like brother figure almost. Yeah. That's how Jeremy and I like to think of it. He doesn't know if it's like an uncle or a brother. I call it her like surrogate brother. Yeah, and he at one point or another sort of comes to her rescue a little bit. Yeah. Well, he doesn't <laughs> come to her rescue. I think he's more like... Because he doesn't need to rescue her from anything. She could leave if she wanted to. But I think she was just trying to figure out what it... She was just conflicted, and he just kind of lit a fire, lit a fire under her ass. Yeah, I, that that moment was so great because, you know, it's... Uh, Wanda is, you know, as we talked about before, sort of confused, unsure. And and Jeremy, and uh, Hawkeye is just like, just do it. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Do what you want. Yeah, Jeremy and I laugh about how many pep talks he gives to me. Because even in the filming, we're, we're filming a, uh, a different film together right now in Park City, and he gives me a couple pep talks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. He's really good at them, though. <laughs> well, I, I almost say that you could take sort of that scene and, and the, those interactions out into the real world, because I feel like so many women you know, sort of maybe feel stuck somewhere and right. they just need someone to kick them to be like, go do what you want to do. Who cares yeah, what everyone you're thinks? Capable. Yeah. You know, it's right for yourself. Figure it out. Don't listen to anyone else and make your own decision. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, be empowered. <laughs> be empowered. Go get some cool costumes and go kick butt on the street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we also see sort of the building of the interactions between Wanda and Vision. Yes, we do. I like how you're being very secretive about that. Everyone is just going to have to tune in. <laughs> we, well, I think it's, it's, it's more about um, their, con- their, like the purity of their connection and why, um, and why they're, why they have a connection to begin with before you can, because um, the comics, we, you know, not every, we can't take everything from the comics and put it in the film because it also doesn't work because the way I have my powers is completely different. And in this version, their powers are because they are rooted from the same um, stone, and that's something they have in common. Um, so, that's, so it ends up being a connection more about the confusion of, of their own powers and um and how they are both affected by it. And it's a really sweet, pure, um, genuine connection between the two of them, as opposed to it just being something sensual, which is nowhere we want to be. The final question I have for you is a little bit more of a fun one. Um, if you could borrow any power from your from a fellow Avenger, uh, what would that be? Hmm... I think Hawkeye having good aim at everything seems pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's like a very practical kind of guy. Um, And it doesn't seem like too much of a burden. It's it's just something that he's really super skilled at. That would be fun. 
<laughs> cool. That's uh, yeah. that's a that's a practical take on that answer. I like that. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. This was great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the podcast. We chat to Judiana Makovsky about designing for superheroes next. Welcome to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. I am bringing you another one of our amazing Marvel's Captain America Civil War interviews, and this time we have the costume designer, Miss Judiana Makowski. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning. So... You. This is not your first rodeo with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You. You were on um, Winter Soldier, and now you're joining again for Civil War. What is. What has the experience been coming back for a second movie? It's like coming back to a family. Um, you know, Marvel is very loyal to the to its um, collaborators, and you become like a family. So it's um, and after you've done one you understand the Marvel world a little more each time. So it becomes a little easier. They become bigger, but they become a little easier. Do you, so obviously you design, you know, Captain America's costume and you've done, you know, have you worked on like the Falcon and stuff like that? Did you bring those same ideas? Did you want to sort of reinvent them a little bit or think, or, or, you know, take what you thought really worked in the first and make it work better in the second? Well, I think it's a little bit of all of that. I mean, on on those kind of iconic costumes, um, I work very closely with uh, Marvel's visual development team. A lot of these costumes are based on the comic books, so which is Marvel's domain. So they kind of decide in the beginning which direction, which costumes from the comic we're going to adapt. And then we work very closely with them to see how we're going to adapt them. So that it works in the um, what I call the Russo's world, which is a more reality-based world for Captain America. So, so the costumes are always more tactical than comic book. Um, so that's basically where I start. And then from film to film, you know, we see what works, what doesn't work, how you want to adapt it to the next film, what the action is, um, you know, colors. They always change a little bit because you learn from the last film. Yeah, and this film is so much more action packed. It's it's sort it of is. it's it's so amazing. It like uh, there's like a fight scene like every ten minutes. I'm like, oh, it's another fight scene. <laughs> exactly, and you know one thing about the the, the Russo's the fight scenes in these films are really hand to hand combat. It, it's not CG. You know, there's a little bit of that, but but it's really physical. And when I first met the Russos, the one thing they kept um, you know talking to me about is that these costumes are really um, action-friendly, that however they're made, that it does not inhibit them, which, of course, is very difficult with the kind of clothes they wear. So that's a challenge for sure. Yeah, and and in Civil War, there are so many introductions to new characters, such as, like, Black Panther. Did When you first opened your script, you were like, oh, my God, there's so many more people to design. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Like I said, they just get bigger and bigger, these movies, (laughs) more and more. But, you know, that's the challenge. But, you know, redesigning characters that you've already um, done in another film, it's great because you've learned some lessons from them, and then you you can adapt those lessons to the new ones. 
you know, not only to the new costumes for, you know, characters you've done before, but for all the new characters. So that, that you know, it, it's fun to introduce a new character and have them seen on film for the first time. So, obviously, Black Panther is a new character to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, a, a new character from this new country that's now been introduced, Wakanda, with this new, well, not new metal, but, like, now his costume's made out of metal. What was sort of your process for Black Panther specifically? Well, Black Panther's suit is, I mean, from the comics. It's, it's a protective suit, and it's got some vibranium in it, which is, you know, a material that's used all over the Marvel Universe for strength. And, um, you know, the concept behind that, um, you know, working very closely with Ryan Minerding, who is the visual development um, for that film, it, you know, it's a mesh. It, it's sort of like a mesh that's a protective mesh, and it has um, vibranium woven into the mesh, as well as, um, you know, there are claws that are vibranium and metal pieces in the helmet. But it, it, it's a protective suit of metal mesh. It, it like the style of like the lines and the way that it moves is just so beautiful in the film. Like, like being able to see it on the trailer and like and seeing right. pictures of it. But once you see him actually fight in it, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, we wanted to make sure he was very sleek. You know, he's you know, it's based on feline movements a little bit, and we wanted to make sure it was elegant and sleek. Um, and again, for movement, it was also making sure that, you know, the body was like a gymnast body, that it wasn't a big, overly muscular, you know, that, like I said, he was more feline. So, you know, creating, you, under these suits, you always create a body to make sure the muscles are in the right place, um, you know, so that, you know, if you, otherwise they just look like a leotard. So, which we don't want. Um, so that's part that's part of it, getting that sleekness in that costume, so that he could actually move and run and jump and do all that. Yeah, I'm I'm actually a cosplayer. I make costumes, and I quite assure you, once you put spandex on, no matter how much muscle you put on your body, it mm -hmm. it all gets lost in the in the it, fabric. Yeah, it every that that's part of the problem. It's hard to convince you that you know, even though actors are really amazingly beautiful under their clothes, I have to admit. They work very hard, and, you know, they have beautiful muscles. Once you put something stretchy on it, it all goes away. So we have to, like, put it back, basically. Yeah. I, it, that's definitely... So all, all these clothes have, like, understructures. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing when you start actually, like, talking to people within the costume design community and sort of, like, the less glamorous style of, like, how to make things look... <laughs> look beautiful on film and sometimes there's, exactly. you know and you know they're so involved it's not just like sewing clothes sewing you know fashion or sewing you know fabric together there are so many people involved so many craftsmen you have mold makers you have dyers you have people who just glue things you know there's you have textile artists you know then you have the actual cutter fitter who's the genius who actually figures out how to put all this together but, you know, sometimes I've been in fittings who have people who just make the belts and the leather work and the boot maker and the helmet maker. You know, you're in a fitting and you've got 20 people in there all looking at their own thing. But, you know, we custom, often custom make the buckles, you know. The closures are custom made often. Even the zipper pulls off often are custom made. So it's amazing how many people are in a fitting to create one of those costumes. 
Do you guys incorporate 3D printing now in costume design? Have you used any of that for um, Civil War? We, we do a little bit of that. Um, we're, we've been, um, you know, 3D printing, we've done a little bit of it. it it's, a, it's very time-consuming to figure it out, and often our R&D doesn't allow for a lot of it. Um, as it gets easier to use, we will use more and more of it. We did do some in Captain America. But uh, we use a lot of other processes that we work very closely with legacy effects. Um, there's a lot of mold making, uh, that sort of thing, a lot of printing of fabrics. Um, not necessarily silk screening, but all kinds of printing. There's so many there's so many new processes and I find every time I start the next film I have to learn all new techniques <laughs> each film. To, you know, because it just changes every three months. So yeah. um, but yes, we do we do use three D printing and we'll probably be using more and more of it. <laughs> Uh, that's something that's definitely coming out of the cosplay community, like seeing, going to these conventions and seeing someone being like, oh, I printed this 3D, and I'm like, what? That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, for, for film, like I said, we've, we've done a little bit of it, um, but it, it is to really figure it out and, and figure out, you know, you do 3D models of it and do all that to get that. Often our, our people think we have endless amount of time to make these clothes <laughs> and figure them out, and often we do not. The actors are sometimes off on other films, and you don't have time. Three D printing takes a little more time um, to figure out, so sometimes you have to go back to the old-fashioned way of doing things just because of time. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously a fan of the old-fashioned way. I love, mm -hmm. uh, I love cutting something out and making it and I love sculpting mm -hmm. I think all of those processes yeah. are amazing but we do do a lot of sculpting and, and that and molding um, like I said there there are certain groups of characters often we use 3d printing if you need like a lot of jewelry for um, a back like background that's kind of fast um, but for really specific things on these because you know, you make these costumes for, like, a panther or for um, Captain America, and you you make, like, lots of prototypes. You make the first one, and then you make all your corrections, and you make another one. And anytime you're dealing with stretch, you just keep making it and making it and correcting and perfecting. So that's why the 3D thing, every time you do that, you just keep changing everything. <laughs> it's just very time-consuming. Yeah. So eventually, as 3D printing becomes, um, you know, more more accessible we'll use it for more and more things more than we have but we do use it for sure the next time we talk on the future movie we'll have to uh converse about 3d technology then and see how yes. it's changed well, i'm sure i'm going to use it more i will be doing um, i'm doing guardians of the galaxy 2 right now and i will be doing the avengers next <laughs> the next two avengers so by the time we get to the avengers i'm sure i'll be using a lot more of it you have a packed filled schedule for the next five years. Uh, next two years. <laughs> next two years. Well, we're halfway through with Guardians oh, right okay. now, so got it. And, and start and starting the Avengers. We're starting prep right now. So wow. So, so changing gears, you know, we talked about sort of yeah. using technology and stuff like that, but I've, what I find from your design, you know, watching Civil War, is the practicality of the people that are on screen that are sort of, I'm using quotations for the superhero term, mm -hmm. you know, people like Scarlet Witch, their outfit, although is not a, is not like a superhero costume per se, but she still has to fight in it, but it looks like every time she stops and poses she she looks so amazing i mean that that was sort of the, the, i feel Thank like you. yeah your practicality of the normal clothing with the superhero clothing blends so well well 
Well, that's one of the challenges. Um, when I first started working with the Russos, they they look at these films that um, the Captain America series that these these superheroes can be walking around Washington D.C. today and they would blend in. They're trying to find a way to, you know, base it on real clothes in a funny way. And, and not be too comic book for that series because they're more like thrillers, you know, spy thrillers rather than a comic book movie. Um, so one of the things I know when we started with Scarlet Witch, she actually, one of the first concepts from Marvel was that it was actually more of a superhero costumes. And the brothers are like, she's not a superhero yet in this film. You've seen the film yesterday, so you know, she's not quite a superhero yet. So she's more of a young girl, you know, trying to find herself. And so can you do something else for us that's more based, like, you know, a real coat, you know, based on something more of real garments? So that's, for the brothers, that's what I try and do. I try and take the superhero thing, but then scale it down, that it's more reality-based and more tactical. They like things that are very, you know, based in military clothes. They love all that. <laughs> so I try and use all that. Yeah, I mean, you, um, for those listening at home, uh, this is coming out the day Civil War, Captain America Civil War comes out. So, you know, it, it, if you're listening to this before the film, you know, make sure you look at the way that the costumes are. Because mm -hmm. I think that it's, you know, the costume designer and the set designer and all those people, of all you guys behind the scenes are so essential to making this film every piece come together to be this perfect puzzle and I'm always sort of like I like to go look at the movie a second time and actually break down right. like oh how sure. is oh that's great well we're we're happy things get noticed sometimes in my world like in the civil war you know in, I, you know sometimes it's nice to do big glamorous costumes but often because of the story and the script costume designer has to step back you know, it's not about big glamorous clothes. It's about storytelling and what is really right and appropriate. So they may not look as big and glamorous as some sort of superhero movies, but they are, you know, even the, the modern dress clothes, most of them are custom made to suit the story. They're not bought clothes, um, which people don't realize that we do that. And we work, you know, costume designers work very closely with the production designer and with the DP and with visual effects to make sure that it all works together, the palette all works, and you know, this, but it's mostly about storytelling and character building rather than just, oh, here's a big comic book costume. And, and the other point that you just said, all about working together, I mean, this is a theme no matter if I talk to people on TV shows or movies or films, every, you know, every person talks to each other because... <laughs> It's, you know, you all may be working in your little bubble, but then you have to remember that there's mm -hmm. this big, giant thing. And I think that the teamwork part is is also amazing, to be able to come together with all your ideas. Absolutely. I mean, that's the joy of film. Film is a collaborative effort. There is no way you can do anything without every other department. And even in my job, I'm only as good as my crew, as, my, as the makers and the people on the set who make all this work. So th there's nothing that, you know, you, you, you can have big, you know, delusions of grandeur when you enter the movie business that it's all about you and everything you want, and that goes away the first moment. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's about collaboration. It's, it's about world building, and you as an individual, you know, the only person who's the real world building is the director, and we are all there to um, give him that vision. We are there to create his vision. 
Agreed. It's, it's so amazing. So one final question for you, and I'll let you get back to your, your job. <laughs> uh, do you have a, a favorite or a, a costume that you were really proud of uh, from Civil War? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I really, I love the Falcon costume. <laughs> I absolutely, I mean, I love them all. I love Cap. I love, you know, Hawkeye, everybody. RDJ's real clothes. I mean, I like, I made, you know, all his suits were made, everything were made for him. And, you know, Natasha's real clothes were made. But I have to say, I really like the Falcon. Um, I actually did the Falcon, the first version of that for Ant-Man. Um, and then I got to um, redo it because we only had six weeks to make it for Ant-Man, and surprisingly. And then we got <laughs> to really perfect it for Civil War. So, um, I don't know. I just I think everything about that costume works for that character in that movie and for that actor. Um, but like I said, I don't. You know, each one as I'm making it and they're finished, and we put them on the actor. I go, oh, I love that one. That's my favorite today. And then I move on to the next one. So you know, I mean, I even love. We made a beautiful um, dress and coat for Sharon uh, for the funeral. And I love that coat. Do you know what I mean? So it's like yes. each piece as I'm making it, you know. I mean, we've made a few pieces along the way that I go, oh, why did I do that? I don't like that. But, you know, not a lot, luckily. <laughs> well, I would say that, you know, each each time an actor walks on the set with a different outfit mm-hmm. i'm always like oh, okay i like that that's great you know and i think that especially yeah. when you you know when each actor comes on with their slightly evolved costume you're like oh look at that that's new uh, that's nice i gotta i gotta take the moment to check it out and as cosplayers oh, great. I'm glad people notice yeah. <laughs> i'm so happy and i'm quite sure cosplayers are already making the costumes that you've designed uh-huh. uh so you know obviously I, I have to say i went to comic-con once years ago and there were people walking around in costumes, like, you know, from the first Harry Potter and things that I did, and X-Men, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, wow, these that's so funny to me. I'm glad they like it, you know? Yeah. It's flattery, so thanks, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure the detail, I mean, the detail they put into these costumes is, mm-hmm. is mind-boggling. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I've seen some of the cosplay costumes, and it's pretty, pretty, they're pretty smart about it. I'm always very impressed. Well, I will have to let them know that you are you are watching them from afar. <laughs> oh, ab- oh, absolutely, I do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. I sure. wish we could just chat more, but I, we both have our jobs to get back to. Yes, I'm going to go do more fittings for Guardians of the Galaxy now. <laughs> Ooh, the future. <laughs> <All righty. laughs> okay, have thank- a great day. Lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. And finally, it's all about stunts with Heidi Moneymaker. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer. And we are bringing you a little bit more of the behind-the-scenes take. Today, we welcome to the podcast Scarlett Johansson's stunt double, Heidi Moneymaker. Hi there. Nice to be here. Thank you, Judy. Of course. Thanks for uh, chatting with us. Uh, I'm always fascinated sort of by stunt double work and uh, sort of like how much you guys sort of have to get into character to do all these stunts, which is sort of amazing. You've been around uh, since Iron Man 2. You were Scarlet's stunt double all the way back then. Uh, yeah, we, um, 
we, we got to work together in, I think that was 2009, shooting Iron Man 2. And the great thing about that was we, we really got to work together to build the character, at least action-wise, as she is today. And, and every movie, I think we kind of advance her and, and make her just a little bit more interesting and a little bit more fierce which has been really fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, seeing Scarlett's stunts, like, seeing, you know, like, I know it's, sometimes sometimes it's her, sometimes it's you, but seeing, like, you know, Black Widow get on screen and kick butt and, you know, go against these, like, fierce competitors is so amazing and so refreshing. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really a blessing and very special to be part of such an amazing character. I mean, she really does stand out, and I think she brings a lot of strength and encouragement to to young girls and women out there, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely for Black Widow. Uh, So, obviously, you've been around a while. Um, Have you, and, like, do you and Scarlett, like, work out together? Like, how do you guys both get into shape? Um, when we're working on a film together, we usually fight train together. So I will take her and put her through a bunch of different drills, and we'll work on the choreography, and I'll take her input and make sure she's happy with the fight and help her, you know, get in shape for that fight choreography and learn, you know, all the different moves um, and get her prepped for the shoot day. She usually has her own trainer, her own, um, you know, physical fitness regime on her own, and she does a really great job of, Staying in constant shape. I mean, she always looks amazing, and she's always full of energy and eating healthy. So that's all on her, and I'm very proud of her for that. <laughs> so for you getting into sort of into character, what type of training do you do? Well, physically, um, I don't ever really stop. So I keep myself pretty much in condition year-round. Um, I take little breaks when I rest my body and stuff, but I don't ever like to physically get out of shape or, or, you know, be in a position where my endurance is low because at any minute I can get called for something to come in, you know, and be on point right then and there. So for me, I spend most of my year um, kickboxing, doing other various um, kind of mixed martial art type workouts. I run, I do yoga because I think it's really important to keep your body um, lean, toned, lengthened, uh, flush out toxins. Um, I pretty much have strict regime of, of training. I do high-intensity workouts, and I do a little bit of, like, body weight and weight stuff as well. It just depends what kind of a movie I'm working on or what kind of um, conditioning I want to be in, what condition I want to be in. That's, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. That's physically. <laughs> yeah. Um, emotionally, I think, depending on the direction, you know, you, have, you go through different challenges for different movies. Um, for, you know, example, on the on the Marvel movies where we're playing Black Widow, you know, we're, co- we're wearing a very um, dark costume that's often heavy or, you know, thick. And, you know, we're often in that costume for, you know, eight to ten hours. And so you sort of have to mentally prepare to just, you know, whether there's a heat issue or, you know, whatever it is, you kind of mentally prepare to be maybe a little bit uncomfortable um, for the day. But the great thing about it is you always go back to the fact that you get to play a superhero, and that's pretty awesome. So <laughs> that's, that's really the best part about it. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I'm a triathlete, and uh, and when I'm training for sort of running and biking and triathlons, you know, it's sort of fun a little bit, but also, like, it's so hard to get up in the morning. And then when I'm in the triathlon, I always 
sort of I'm like in that moment of being like, I hate this. Why am I doing this? But so much, <laughs> so much about sports and sort of physical fitness is is all mental. It's all about sort of like letting go of sort of the annoyance and the uncomfortableness that is sometimes fitness, and and then looking forward to the moment when you're done, when you get to like. For me, when I'm crossing the finish line, and for you, when you finally see yourself on screen, um, is probably what it's all worth for. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for you and anybody who trains and competes in triathlons or Ironman. That's a very extremely challenging sport, and I, I, I can't imagine how hard it is to, to get up in the morning and train for something like that. But you're right. Uh, physical fitness is, it starts in the mind, not in the gym. I mean, it, you can think your way in or out of any scenario, you can decide to push your body or you can decide to stop. It's just, it really, it's a mental game for sure. Yeah. And I, I love fitness and that's why I'm, I'm always so fascinated with talking to the, to the stun doubles. Cause I think, you know, and so much of what you do is sort of, you know, like, uh, you're playing someone else. So like there are moments where, you know, Oh, that's definitely the stunt double who did that jump or who did that fight scene. But, you know, to the, to the normal person, Oh, that's, you know, that's, that's Scarlett Johansson or that's that person. So I think you guys sort of are a little bit of like the unsung heroes, uh, of the, of the industry. Well, well, thank you. Um, you know, you, everyone gets into their part of the industry for the, you know, for a reason. And, um, I think for a lot of us, I shouldn't speak for other stunt doubles, but for myself, I'm a performer. I love performing. I love training. I love working hard and then putting something together. So for me, the the actual, you know, excitement really comes in the day that we're performing. I, I love seeing it on screen. It's nice to see how it's put together, but I really do like the moment, being in that moment of creating this amazing fight scene when there's explosions going off and us all flawlessly coming together and really... Um, you know, working toward making it perfect. Um, that to me really is really is the most special part. And you know, we go. But I go. I don't. I don't think I'm unsung really. Like an unsung hero, I would say. I think it's more. You know, I get fulfilled by being there and getting to do this and being a part of a team. I love being a part of a team. So, so for me, I'm I'm pretty happy where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> and you started out as a as a gymnast. I did. I. Uh, had a scholarship to UCLA and got to compete for UCLA for four years and, and really have one of the best experiences of my life with some of the most amazing people I've ever met. So how did you led me into that work. <laughs> So how did you transition from gymnastics to stunts? It started basically um, when you get an athletic scholarship um, to a university, they give you a five-year scholarship, and in most sports, your freshman year you redshirt and then you play your last four years, but as a gymnast, your best years are your younger years. So usually we compete the first four years and then you register your last year. So I had, I still had classes and I still had a scholarship check coming in, but I didn't have gymnastics in this fifth year. So I kind of, you know, thought, well, I'll go do some commercial work and make a little extra money here and there. So I went, got with a sports agent and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, I'd have friends of mine that had gotten into stunts would call me and say, they actually need a gymnast to double this girl for this TV show and do a bar routine, and I'm not in physical shape anymore to do it. Do you want to come in and do it? So I was kind of working, you know, periodically and not even trying. Um, so at one point I decided that I was going to, you know, see, see what this industry was all about, do a little extra training, start sending more of my stuff out, seeing if I, you know, got a bigger job and if I liked it. And um, pretty quickly I, I got to be 
one of Juliet Barrymore's doubles for Charlie's Angels Full Throttle and never looked back. <laughs> yeah, I feel like what sort of helps you is uh, you and I are sort of the same height. Uh, I'm 5'2 and you're 5'3. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. much, and so many of the female heroines and actresses in Hollywood are kind of short. Well, when I first got involved, there was an influx of tall women. <laughs> tall. I think 5'7", five, 5'8", five, you know, kind of like a good average height. And um, so there weren't, there weren't a lot of shorter actresses. Um, and luckily for me, as I've, you know, gone through this industry quite a bit more, I've, you know, one, got attached to Scarlet, and two, there's, you know, a few other actresses that aren't super tall, so that's helped me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes being short can be, uh, every, I think few people who are tall are like, oh man, it must be suck to be short, but I'm like, I love being short. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with my height, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So for, sort of changing gears a little bit, so for Civil War, we get we get to see a little bit of more of your face. You actually have uh, a little bit of a role um, in sort of the middle of the film. What was it like sort of changing gears uh, sort of, you're no longer playing Scarlet, you're now sort of playing this new character. You know, it's really exciting because, you know, there's this one little extra challenge within the film, and it comes mo- more in the, you know, emotional realm, which is nice. Um, and it was a definitely a different, a different scene or a different character. If it had been a similar character, it might have been a little bit strange. Um, trying to, to draw the line, but it, it really is, you know, kind of a, a different, darker sort of character. And for me, it, it was just really fun to get to spend a moment and uh, go in and, you know, play myself and, and become this totally separate thing <laughs> from what I've been working on the whole film. Yeah, would you, you know, now that you've got a, a taste of the of, of being a little bit more not necessarily just the stunt double, do you want to do more of it, or would you rather just stay in the background? Well, throughout my career, I've done a little bit of acting here and there. Um, And the first time I ever played a role was on CSI New York, I think, um, in in 2007 or eight or something like that. And I actually played a guest starring role. And I just, you know, I booked the job as a stunt double. You know, I thought there was going to be a couple of lines, and it ended up being a whole character and it was the first time I really got to play it might you know got to play a character and the first time I realized that I really enjoyed doing it so you know throughout my career when something comes up I'll I'll try to take it even if it's you know a small thing here and there because I, I do really enjoy playing playing the full character uh, and in the future I'd love to do a lot more it's just that you know I've had so many great films come up with great people that it's hard to you know not take them and go the acting route I really do enjoy doing stunts too so my final answer is yes, I would be happy to do more in the future. <laughs> well, obviously when you do stunts, it really keeps you busy. I mean, if you look at your IMDb page, you sort of whip through the movies. It's insane. Well, that is the great thing about sort of being on camera but not, use, you know, not using your face is that you can be in almost every movie, you know, if, if there's a character you can double because, you know, as an actor, you can't play all these different roles. The market gets oversaturated. They want different looks, the whole thing. But as a double, you know, I've doubled Michelle Rodriguez in the past, and I will be coming up here again, too. And, you know, that's a very different look for me right there. Um, obviously, darker hair and, you know, a little more Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it makes it, it opens up the door to really get to work on, on a lot of films. So it's, it's actually very lucrative. 
Well, I, I am a personal fan of the Fast and Furious series. I love them Ooh. so much. <laughs> they really are great, aren't they? They're so much fun. Quick yeah. People. I, can, I can't wait for uh, the next one to come out, uh, which has no context to Civil War, but also it's supposed <laughs> to be filmed in New York, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, they're always, they're always so fun to work on. I'm excited about it, too. Not as excited as I am about the release of Civil War, though. Yes. Yeah, Civil War looks amazing. Um, everyone who's, I mean, it is amazing. Not just looks amazing, it is amazing. I actually got a chance to see it a few days ago, and it is epic. Oh, great. It's so good. Um, make sure you guys look for uh, Heidi's little, uh, little starring role in it. Uh, uh, so one more question for you. Um, do you have any sort of tips for training or otherwise for those who may want to get into the stunt business? Well, um, training in general, I would say um, get out and move. I mean, if, you, if you're having a hard time getting going um, just on a training program in general, just start. Take, the, take one day, go to the gym, find someone you like training with, go online, find some videos you like you know, to work out to, and, and just, just start. That's number one. Um, as far as getting involved in the stunt business, really it's sort of a networking thing, you know. Um, so if you, if you want to get involved in stunts, I would say start doing some martial arts, some gymnastics, try some judo, um, look into, you know, a, a driving course. There's one called Dick Siemens, which is really good. And just start training and getting really good, and you'll slowly start meeting people and be able to put yourself out there. Um, and kind of a combination of the both. Uh, actually, I have a fitness company called Fierce Lotus. If you want to see how I can train and train others site-wise, um, check that out. Cool. That is that sounds pretty cool. Uh... I, I've, you know, I'm sort of fascinated with the amount of skills that you guys have to accrue, you know, to do all these different sort of fight scenes and jumping scenes, and the fact that you you do driving is so cool. It really is fun. I'm very, very blessed to, to uh, be in this business and, and be able to have all the opportunities that I have. I'm very thankful. So do you have a Twitter that uh, fans at home can follow you on? Yeah, I have a personal Twitter. I just, um, at Heidi Money, but... Um, my fitness Twitter is fierce underscore lotus, and we're also on YouTube and Facebook, and we put up like workout videos and stuff all the time. So if anybody's looking to free tune, head there. <laughs> okay, great. We'll make sure we link to that in our news story. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. No problem. We'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. Thanks again to the Marvelous Ladies for joining us. Marvel's Captain America Civil War is in theaters today. For even more from the film, head over to marvel.com for news, photos, and more. As always, if you have questions for us, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel hashtag womanofmarvel. We'll be back next week with another one of our segments, Voices of Marvel. We'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe.